All right, all right, party people, welcome to Mask Off. So we're here uh, with a good friend of mine and a brother from another mother, I like to call him, because uh, we've been, we're, I don't know, we're just two peas in the pods, former roommates. Um, my guy, Cameron, I'm going to let him introduce himself real quick, and then we're just going to hop in on this interview. So Cam, I obviously know who you are, but like, go ahead and like spit a little something and let the people know who you are. <laughs> wow, I was not expecting this, but it's all good. Uh, uh, I'm Cameron or Cam, whatever you want to call me. Um, who am I? Uh, that's a that's a loaded question. Um, but uh, I'm a writer, uh, sometimes educator, um, full time pessimist, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, a couple things I think are important to know about me. Uh, I'm from North Carolina and. I will let it be known to any and everyone who, who asks or doesn't ask. Um, that's really the main thing. Um, also, uh, obsessive about music uh, and most things pop culture. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's a little about me. I guess we'll see where we go from there. Yeah, dope, dope. All right, so... I know like it's been a bit since we like touch base, obviously like we text from here and there. Uh, we definitely be on Twitter sending each other like <laughs> hella memes and shit that be up there. Um, but I don't know. How, how, how have you been, man? Like, just because like 2020 wild 2021, like it feels wild. like that. <laughs> yes. Wild. It feels <laughs> literally in the, literally in the, month and a half almost two months of 2021 it feels like it's been it feels like we've, we've gone through most of what we went through in 2020 already like it's a wild time it's a wild time um personally as far as like my life and like how i am um uh well yeah i'm, I'm doing okay uh i think i'm probably doing as best as you is like i can be all things considered um but that said we're all definitely still in a pan- pandemic that that many people feel like we aren't in anymore uh so that's uh concerning that's uh scary that is uh it's a lot <laughs> i i can't find any more words but it's a lot um but yeah all that said uh you know i'm alive i'm here uh I have like shelter, unlike many people. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. What about you? I mean, it depends on the day. I feel like sometimes because some days I can get up. You know, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna drink a little bit of coffee. Um, I like I have a place to live. I have people that love me and care about me in the nearest vicinity. You know. Um, there's tons of music on my Spotify. So like, you know, music always be getting me through. Exactly. I got way too many books that I keep buying and, and Yo. not spending enough time actually reading. Yo, my guy. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how many books I've gotten this week. <laughs> much less. <laughs> much less this year so far. Um, Actually, literally about, probably about an hour and a half ago, uh the ups truck just came to my house with a new book that i bought i'm deceased um i'm deceased but uh, it's a book i'm really excited about it's uh except for palestine uh the limits of progressive politics uh by rockland my hill um 
I've been waiting on November yeah. for a long time. Like some point in 2020 when it was announced. So super excited to get it, super excited to get into it. Um, even though I'm, I'm reading like two or three different books right now. Um, but yeah, yeah. I will That's say dope. I will say that one one really silver lining of the pandemic and being stuck in the house all the time um, for the last almost year. Wow. Oh yeah, almost year. Uh, has yeah. been I've been able to wow, read, right? Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I've been <laughs> able to read uh, more than I have in years. Um I think from like, you know, maybe like April to the end of the year in twenty twenty, I read like like it like thirteen, fourteen books. Um and then just in the month and a half we've been in twenty twenty one, I've already read eight books now. Um so like yeah, it's uh definitely like a like a silver lining that I'm really excited about. Um, so that's like one good thing that has happened through like all of this, like hellhole. I mean, that's real though. Cause like I've like bought so many books and then obviously like I was reading all of them. Like that was how I was coping, especially like after we graduated um, for the people out there, me and Cam actually went to grad school together. So we graduated in the midst of a pandemic, job searching, all that bullshit. And terrible. I was like, terrible. <laughs> I felt like the absolutely only thing terrible. I felt like the only thing I could really do to cope, and I even still do it like right now, is that like I'll just pick up a book off my bookshelf and I'll just be like, all right, this this one will be at like nobody look for me, like not gonna be answering no texts, like nothing, like you can catch me on the other side of this book, exactly. Uh, <laughs> right so we're actually going to dive a little bit more into like your reading list and all that all that cool stuff because I, I feel like you're you're a compository of uh awesome literature and books and stuff like that um but so obviously you're one of my first guests and one of the big reasons that i started the podcast was uh in essence or quite literally uh talks about a a female rapper I believe I believe he he specifies female rapper, um, who, uh, well okay so uh, let me backtrack a little bit. So basically, he makes several claims about her that just aren't really true. Um, but where he claims that you know she grew up in a certain certain type of certain type of life, certain type of community, certain type of like family that allowed her to be educated in ways that like many people, I guess. I, basically in ways that like that niggas like Jermaine didn't get right um so you know and so basically the song was on well I'm not saying on his face but quite literally uh basically says to this unnamed female rapper to you know to you know to cut to, but basically like watch her tone and to treat Niggas like kids. I, I think they actually might be like, uh, like an actual lyric in the song, um, because 100%. yeah, because basically because they, because they uh, they did they didn't grow up like she did, and they aren't aware of the things that she's aware of, and that basically they need to be you know, given time and space to grow, um, but it but wasn't said in any 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 nice way, right? Um, so, yeah, so 
the next day, and, and immediately, like, as soon as the song dropped, Twitter was ablaze. Uh, no Name was trending, like, very quickly because it was very obvious that the song was about her. Um, even though I, I, I was talking with, like, other Black men about the song, and, like, several of them, like, tried to downplay it, tried to say it wasn't about No Name. Um, and, 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 and the thing, and one thing about it, like, whether or not the song was about No Name or not, the song was still disrespectful, like that, like that, like that's just, like the fact that it was, that it was a very obviously about no name was just like the icing on the cake, right? Um, right. But uh, the next day, uh, after everyone has gotten you know all the thoughts out, uh, Cole, who doesn't really tweet like that or doesn't really do, do social media like that, uh, gets on Twitter, basically says, "I want to say maybe, maybe verbatim, uh, I stand by everything I said in that song." Um, I can't remember exactly if he like explicitly stated that it was about no name, but I think he did like make it clear that it was about no name. Um, a few days later, I want to say no name responds with, I think it was called song 25 and basically obliterates him in, in less than 60 seconds in less than 60 seconds. Um, <laughs> like, ah, I love No Name. She killed that shit. Like, like she, she really came and like destroyed him in less than 60 seconds and I love it. Um, but like one thing about that, like, like, if, like, if you just listen to what's simply being stated, the song is like objectively disrespectful. Um, and like many black men that I talk with basically said that like that like they, that we were missing the point and saying that like, you know, like, you know, he you know he you know he's not trying to be mean, he's not trying to be disrespectful. He's just just saying like, you know, we need help and also that he never, you know, signed up to be an activist basically in essence. Um, But I think one thing about, you know, about Cole and also about No Name and just the song in general is that, you know, and and I want to say when it, when it happened, we kind of had a similar conversation to this. Um, But like the song, I mean, the song, like, like the song like starts with a incorrect assumption, right? Like one thing, if you pay attention to No Name, she's very like clear and like upfront about how like, she's still learning too and about how like you know she didn't grow up in an environment that was like an activist like household right uh this is something that she learned like in her adult life and like is growing to understand um in the same way that like anyone really can um especially especially someone of means and of like access like cole right um so starts off there um but but the thing is, even if his assumption about her was correct, it's still disrespectful. Like, like, and, and I use a I use a, a funny uh, like test with with lots of other black men, or uh, to like basically get them to see how the song was disrespectful. Um, I, I, I I I like there's a whole lot of things you can pick from, but like I focused on the line about watching her tone, and and I and I and I asked them like. If okay, if a man told another man this, 
is that or is that not fighting words? Like, like are like are are like are are, are, are y'all not a couple exchange exchanges away from like throwing hands? I was like throwing hands in the parking lot, <laughs> right? Like, like, like exactly. So because he said this to a woman, it's apparently no longer disrespectful. Like, like explain that to me because I I'm not understanding that. So that's just one. This is one thing that we just like. That just like was a lot. I was not prepared for that. Yeah, no, I definitely vibe with that. I actually like that you use the example of Cole because I don't know what it is. What it, especially like now that social media is like so prevalent and like it's so easy to just like cast something out there and then like just like walk away from accountability. Right. I feel like. Um, because, like, I'll give, like, a really good example. And, then, like, this doesn't even happen to do with, like, how we treat, like, especially, like, Black women. But, like, even each other, like, in the community as Black men. I remember there was this dumbass tweet. And <laughs> the last black man. I was like, yeah. And it was Black men. And literally in the tweet, he was like, it's like the, those reminiscent, like toxic masculinity bullshit tweets that came out, and it was straight up just like, "Oh, ladies, if your man be drinking lemonade, like straight up, he says simply lemonade or orange juice, and he like the pulp, he might not be a real man for you." Like, what? I'm just saying. And Wait, I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> was like, Excuse me. I was like, and like, so people were going off like, "What you talking about? What you talking about?" or whatever. And he like finally replied and he was just like, I'm just saying, like, if a man out here be drinking juice with pulp in it, I mean, it sounds like he like a little something extra in his like what he be drinking. What? Or like what he be sipping on or whatever. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> like I like I'm like like I just like like brain does not compute, like, huh? <laughs> I was like, and so like, I think like it was just coming down to like, oh, if your man like Pope, he might be out here in these streets, like on the DL or something like that. Is what it was eventually coming down to. And I was like, how do you draw? Where, like, one? where's the correlation? <laughs> I was like, what research have you done, sir, that connects one point A? None. That's what. None of it. It just, be, it just be wild to me, like how. And again, like I even say it, like in the trailer, like while I was making this podcast, I was just like. This is not a space to bash black men, but at some point, like we be doing it to ourselves. Like we be asking, like, <laughs> and, and that, that's the thing. Like, like, I just <laughs> it's just, it's just the thing about how like it's, it's and it's always like the most like bizarre, off the wall, like unprovoked shit, right? Like, like shit that like has no like no frame of reference no semblance in reality just like just just out of just out of pulling shit out of thin air right right like it's and it, it's just, it's just wow this is wild. but it, it does like it does want like make me like think about like a larger conversation of i remember we often exchange if like folks haven't seen it but like the meme the meme of future like in the sunglasses with the jacket texted i know like we <laughs> We've exchanged that sometimes, and I'm just like, I don't know. I saw it over the weekend, this past weekend, and I was just like, "Wait, was this? Are we better than this? Like, huh? Wait, was huh? this? Uh, well, wait, was this just like a random one, or was this like in relation to something that happened? No, this was just like a random one. Okay, this was a random one. And so I was just like, 
are we better than this? Like, can we be better than this? We have, like, it, yeah, <laughs> we absolutely can be better. It's just a matter of will we. Mm, that's real. That's real. And sometimes I don't know. I mean, that'd be on the real stuff. That'd be on the real stuff. I'm curious for you, um, and I know, like, we've talked about it, like, being roommates and stuff like that, living together for a couple of years and different things like that. Um, but I guess, like, for you, when did you, and it can be, like, a time period or it can be, like, you turned a certain age. I guess, like, when for you, like, when did you, like, start to realize or understand, or like, oh, like, this is what it means to be, like, a black man or like a black man does these things and is considered a man. Like when, when did that start to like show up for you? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I think it was like a, like a process of like over time. Right. Um, I, I think like, like most people, you know, like your first ideas and like knowledge and like things that you're, you taught about gender and gender performance, uh, it'll start really, really early. Um, like extremely early, like, you know, like early, early childhood. Um, and I, I mean, I think like you know, you know, I, I you know, I think you know, me and you like we're both growing up like as like black males in the South. Um, there's a certain type of like performance of gender that's expected um, in that environment, right? Um, you know, like I think more so, more so on like the lines of like the like like tough, like rugged. Um, mm-hmm. like very much like, you know, like the kind of like outdoorsy, like kind of like ideal of like what it means to be a man. Um, like one, like one thing that I remember, like he, I, I remember like, like when it came to like, not, not really chores, but just like work around the house. Like, you know, the thing of like inside of the house as far as the cleaning, where it was like, women's work uh except when it came to like fixing something right um and like i like outside work like you know cutting the grass you know trimming the hedges you know like things like that were like you know like men's work um and and i I think one i'm I'm grateful for was like i think um you know you know growing up for like most like for the majority of my childhood i would say um, as like the as like the only child of a, a single mom, um, there were a lot. I think there were lots of like examples I saw in my life that kind of subverted that a little bit. Um, but even in spite of that, I still very much grew up having like traditional understandings of what it meant to be a man and what it meant to be a woman, right? Um, right. And then, and I think also, you know, I think as I got older. Um, especially when it, when it came to like what it meant to be like a black man in the South and kind of what came with that society, um, that, 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 that came a little, a little bit later, like, you know, you know, like preteen, early high school, things like that. Um, but, it, but even like, even super, super young, I still kind of started to kind of see some of those things, try to kind of understand some of those things that like we see in society. Right. Like, um, like I think about, so for context, for those, I guess we want to like kind of around like my, also your, because we're around the same age, of our age range, um, you know, I was, I could, I could be wrong in the, in the time on exactly, but I want to say I was 16 uh, when Trayvon Martin was killed, and I was 17 when George Zimmerman was acquitted, 
uh, either 16 and 17 or 15 and 16. I can't remember the exact one because, you know, time doesn't exist. Um, but Time soup. Yeah. But yeah, like I, th- but I think like early on, you know, and then, you know, then like, you know, when I was like 17, almost 18, starting about to start college, uh, Mike Brown got killed. Um, and then not long after, well, I, I cannot think of his name. Uh, wow. Hey, anyway, you are, if you're listening, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, I'll go brain fart right then. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is, um, you know, I grew up, you know, like coming into early adulthood, you know, seeing many, many like, you know, like young and sometimes older black men, uh, you know, being killed, you know, by police, by the state, by uh, armed vigilantes in the case of George Zimmerman. Um, but one thing that like I didn't see much of uh, until, you know, years later was like seeing like, you know, black women and, you know, and, you know, and, and, and black queer folk being killed by the state. Um, and that's not to say that it wasn't happening. It's just that the way that like the stories, that, like whose stories get attention um, kind of tells that kind of story, right? Uh, and kind of shows um, who, like not, not only like whose stories um, people are willing to get behind, but also like whose stories, you know, matter to like the larger society. Um, right. And I, and I think- No, I, de- I definitely agree. Yeah. And I, and I think like, you know, it wasn't until, you know, you know, I started getting into college and, you know, and those years of my life where like I started to like see examples and began to like really begin to like kind of push back against that. Like not, not only like, not only within like, you know, society and people I was around, but also just like myself. Right. Right. No, I definitely, I definitely agree. I think, um, I think uh, because like mathematically I'm only a year older than you. And so, but I still really remember Trey Juan Martin, Mike Brown, um, very vividly for me, like Philando Castillo and like so many of those men um, being taken um, by the state and different things of that nature. And then I agree with you similar. It wasn't until college that I expanded that scope of like, okay, this is like Sandra Bland and like all these other women that are being taken and then like black queer folk that are also being taken um and i say the word taken because that's what they are right exactly. um they're taken they're taken from us via through via violence that um was not necessary not consented like all of these other things um and it's actually made me think a little bit about um one of the things that i've been listening to or watching lately is a documentary um i don't know if you're into it but it's all hip-hop uncovered uh it's just like streamed on hulu yeah, yeah 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 um, and one of the things it talks about is like how hip hop emerged from the crack epidemic. And like there, because of that, there is this violent and edgy and grimy nature to it. Um, and for me thinking about how hip hop at the very beginning, and even in some ways now very much reinforced by black men, I wonder like how much of us, like of our psyche and like how much of a, like we are just like reacting to like the violence that we see going on. And like this, I think especially like this need to be like rugged and like, just like ready to prepare for this violence. Right. And like, because of that, we, we like inherently like shut ourselves off from like certain things. Um, 
I like how you sort of mentioned like what it means to be like a black man growing up in the South and like all of like those different things that go with it, especially like you being from North Carolina, me being from Tennessee. What do you think it is about like being a black man growing up in the South, I guess, that like sort of separates our narrative from everybody else? What makes what makes us different? Um I, mean, I think a few things. I mean, I think, you know, I think I like the one thing that like... Besides the fact that we're obviously better. <laughs> obviously. But um, I, mean, I think a few things. I think the first thing I think about a lot is like how... Um, just think about like like society and the way that like society is structured. Like I think about like, you know, and like in like the Northeast and like the Midwest. Um, and, you know, also, you know, more so, you know, going for that West and on the West Coast. Um, I think a lot about how... Like there's lots of, I think segregation, um, and and I think you know at this point obviously like mostly like self segregation. Um, think about how like you know in certain parts of the country, um, like they like they're very much like racialized neighborhoods, right? Um, right. I didn't think about how in the South, um, you know, largely due to like the efforts of of desegregation, you know, in like the you know 40s, 50s, 60s. And then seventies and further, um, how like even like yes, obviously like there still exists like you know predominantly black communities, predominantly black uh, you know like towns and cities, neighborhoods, things things of that nature. Um, I think about how just how how desegregated and how kind of like um, very much like intermingling of like races on like a, on, on such a regular basis there is within the south um that I don't, they don't necessarily see to the same degree all the time in other places um and i think because of that very early in my life um not that i used to but I, I, got, I got used to i got used to um dealing with white racism very early in my life right uh in a way that like in, in a way that i think like not to say that people from other places don't have to deal with that, but I think that like for like for someone in like a different part of the country, they might experience that, you know, once they like, you know, leave out of their neighborhood to go somewhere else, right? Whereas like I think right. for people in the South, especially like growing up in the end of time we grew up, um, you kind of you kind of just experienced it like outside your door right um like i think about like very early in my life uh you know about kind of the more i I think about like it was like a dual effect of like the more kind of you know like microaggressions which and and i hate that word but that's the that's why i can can think about it i I can explain it right now um i think about like like very much like micro microaggressions in school with like you know all the little white students right um and i kind of about think about like being like uh, like, kind of, like, kind of like you know, like boxed out of like, you know, certain activities in school with like with other white children, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then also on the other end, like having to deal with like racism from like older white people, like just in in everyday <laughs> right. life, right? Like even like as young as you know, like five, six, seven. Um, and thinking about the ways that like that has impacted like my psyche and kind of has impacted the way that I view the world. Um, and I think that would be a little bit different if I had grown up somewhere else. Um, all that said, I still also think in a lot of ways, like my my love for us and just like 
the the appreciation that I have for for us and our culture, I don't necessarily think I would have as as strong um, had had like had I not um, you know grown up in the South, um, or, or, or at least at least I wouldn't feel the same ties right to, like to the South as as if I as if I hadn't grown up here right. Um, because you know, like lots of people, you know, in the Northeast or out on the West Coast, they are, you know, you know, second, third generation, um, like wherever they come from, right? You know, like it's, it's not until you show their grandparents, great grandparents, um, who migrated north, um, is is where you start to see like the ties to the South. Um, right. So, so that relationship to the South and to like kind of like the roots of like our history is a bit different. Um, and, and I think I definitely would have experienced my life in a different way had I not grown up here. I agree. I definitely agree. Because I, I think we've even talked about it before of like, just like even like the culture of like growing up in the South and like how we associate like Southern food, like Southern like clothing and tradition, like Southern slang, uh, even something as simple for us of like being ride or die for your area code and where you live. Like right, exactly. Memphis, Memphis has a lot of issues, and I, <laughs> but I like I will ride or die for Memphis all day because I think like there is an ultimate love and a passion that we sort of have from being from where we're from, despite like the trauma and like the racism, obviously that's like taking place and sort of consumed a lot of those areas. Because I remember up until we moved to the suburbs. Um, which for those wondering out there, yes, Memphis does have suburbs. Um, <laughs> um, like I remember like sitting on my grandma's step, uh, like being of our front door, like watching the police drive up and down the street, watching the guys like play basketball in the street, hang out with us. And then a car rides by and then like they go and slang like dope or whatever, because like, that's just how it is. Like that's the, that's the culture of, what we're around in. It doesn't make them like any less bad people, but anything, it makes you like, when you like finally have language for it, it's like, Oh, like why do the police constantly drive up and down the street? Like that's mostly an entirely black in a neighborhood. That's like 100%. Like everyone is 100% below the poverty line and like all these other things. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely wild to think about. You know, something I just thought about, um, what's up? I think a lot about I just thought about how like even like being in the South, um, and this and this is not this is not I'll start with the caveat that like it's not to say that like slavery didn't occur outside didn't occur outside outside the South because like obviously we know it did. Um It did. Like, <laughs> like I think I think about how like uh like Harvard and Yale were built, you know, in part by slaves. Um so there's that. Uh but one thing that I think about um it's about how, like, you know, very much when we when we think about slavery, you know, in America, we associate it with the South, right? Um, and 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 even and like, if you just drive through the South and go anywhere, like, you 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 still see the remnants of like of slavery, right? Um, like, you know, from you know seeing you know like fields, which you don't always see like in a lot of a lot of places, uh, like seeing like you know plantation houses um things like, things like that that like are like very like overt reminders of slavery and the history of it 
Um, and, and, and also Confederate monuments, uh, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, mm. but, but yeah, like, Facts. <laughs> but like thinking about like how, like seeing those things and those things being like, like constant, like parts of like your, like your life. Um, like what does that do for someone? And, and what does that, then like, what, what does that do for someone's psyche? growing up and like understanding understanding like what it means to be black and what what your history means right um like i think about like in in like in my home county uh in the like the old courthouse there was a well not was still is a confederate monument there um and it was growing up it was as you know as plain as day it was as you know as regular as like the rest of the buildings right um so i think about what, what does that mean like what, like what does that do to someone um constantly seeing that all the time um yeah it's it's wild you know wait yeah. one thing i just thought about um go ahead because uh again just because it, it, like so much stuff happened in the pandemic and so much stuff happened early in the pandemic that i forgot about i just thought about this um i don't know if you remember this but maybe it was like may or june like maybe around the time we graduated uh, that was single Twitter went viral of this black this black man who who like found like the like plantation house that his ancestors like like were were slaves at and oh, and he bought the house to like I don't know I guess one up like his like, his family's like masters I don't know. I don't. Right. I don't know. I don't know about that one, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> not on me. Look, if you're out here and listening to this podcast, you might have messed up. See if you can get a return on this. <laughs> and it was just like, I like, like, like. I just. I don't know. Like, I. I, th- I think that's a really good example of like, just like the type of shit that like. And again, let, let, let me let me just let me just say this. This is not to say that all black men that are like from the south or have southern roots are are, are liable to do some shit like this. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is that I'm not gonna say it's, it's impossible, but I I would bet lots of money that a black woman or you know a black trans person a black non non-binary person they probably wouldn't do no shit like this <laughs> like i'm like i'm willing to bet that <laughs> i'm willing to bet that i take that bet i take it <laughs> i just want us to do better that's all i want i just want us to do better facts i guess like what sort of like even just like with that sentiment in mind like what is the work I feel like that we need to do? Like, and not just like me and you, obviously, um, but like collectively as a community, because like that's like one of the things I want this to be like a vocal point for is how do we have conversations, do tangible action, and, and like how do we prepare the next generation of Black men to not constantly do the same things that we like either we have done in the past and because we can acknowledge that like we haven't always been the best black oh, men absolutely. Also, like, 
like we we have had trash moments obviously like, like I, um, I, 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 st- I have trash moments every day like like, oh my like, God. Like, 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 like just because i like like also just because i know better doesn't mean I always do better like i'm just gonna facts. i'm gonna say that <laughs> facts but i guess like what does the work need to look like what do what do we need to do to like constantly not only prepare ourselves obviously as like we young 20 somethings and then like progressing and then obviously how do we just like prepare the next generation of black men like what is the work that needs to be done like how do we what is it, and like I guess, like how do we go about doing that work? Whew, uh, <laughs> I know, right? Just an a, easy, easy question. <laughs> I appreciate it, though. It's it's a tall order, uh, but also like it's not it's nowhere near t- as much of a tall order as like most niggas make it seem. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. So I think, I mean, I think the 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 very the very beginning of it starts with like the internal work, right? Like, I think, like, I think before you're able to hold, like, your fellow brothers accountable, it's about holding yourself accountable, right? Like, I, I think, like, and again, this, again, it's not, like, a, a like, immediate, like, one-day process. It's not, like, it's not like, it, like, it's not, like, it's not, like, a thing of, like, how lots of, like, you know, Black men think it is. Like, right, like, you know, like, I read, like, you know, Feminist Theory by Bell Hooks and, you know, I have like one conversation with like a black woman about it and boom, like I'm not, I'm not trash anymore. Like it's just, it's like, it's not how it works. <laughs> if only it was that easy. <laughs> uh, like it really, I think like it's, I mean, it's a, it's a several, I'm several years. It's a lifetime process. Right. Like I think, excuse me. I think like, so I, I, so I'll say this. I think for myself, I'll give my, use myself as an example. Um, I think that like the like the process probably started for me, but like like many of us in college, um, you know, like probably I was probably like seventeen or eighteen, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't like it wasn't like one day I just woke up and realized like oh wow like I've been a shitty human being, and I've been harmful to like many people around me let me do better it, it, it's a gradual process right um you know i think you know for me it was like I mean, you know slowly but surely like i would have like a moment of reflection or someone would say, say something to me or i would be exposed to a certain idea excuse me and you know eventually like i like i i realized that like you know certain actions i you know i i committed or like something I had said, like, may not have been, like, you know, particularly egregious, but, like, was, like, still something that, like, had done, that had or had the potential to, to do harm to someone, you know, other than myself. Uh, so, and, like, someone who wasn't, like, you know, like, a, like, a straight man, right? So, I, I mean, I think that, like, I mean, the, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know really where, to, where, like, the start. I mean, I think that, like, you know, uh, I, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think that, like, you know, because I think, you know, first, like, think about internal work. But I think you have to realize that, that, that there's something wrong with what you're doing before you can even, like, come to that table and, and think about those things, right? Um, and I think for, for most of us, um, someone in our lives loved us enough to come to us and be like, hey, you shouldn't have done that. This is why. Do better next time. 
um, and then and talk with us about why that was wrong and why you shouldn't do that, right? Um, I, I have an example. Uh, it's it's particularly embarrassing for me at this point in my life, but I I I, I want to use myself as an example to show that like that that we all that, that we are all capable of harm. We are all capable of like saying just like the wrong shit and having like absolutely wrong beliefs. Um, so I remember I was probably 18, maybe this was probably my first year of college. Um, or maybe like, maybe like the summer after, I'm, I don't know, it, it was some point around my 18th year, right? Um, I was having a conversation with my girlfriend at the time and I don't know what spurred it. I don't know why, but we we're having a conversation about, uh, about abortion. Um, and about like, you know, pro-choice versus pro-life. Um, right. And for whatever reason, I like, I can't even, I, I can't even like conceive why, why I said this or why I felt this way at this time. But like, I was very much of the like, like the, of, like, the quintessential like Christian belief of like, 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 like quintessential like Christian liberal belief of like, pro-life except in matters of rape and incest um Mm. and like i couldn't tell you why i felt that way i couldn't tell you why i thought that um i mean i think in hindsight it had everything to do with like you know growing up baptist uh and also just being like you know a man who like never has to give birth so like it's never like so it's never something that i actually have to like you know like live with and experience right like like this is like like this was very much of a abstract idea to me not something that i like that it it is a conceivable reality for me right and i think that that has a lot to do with like about a big reason why um lots of us uh, us being men um like have like these very much like trash takes because like we are like concerning ourselves with things that like we would never have to actually experience or go through so like at the end of the day, they're, 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 they're ideas, like they're abstract ideas, the abstract considerations that have no like material reality for us, right? And I think that, and I think I think that's like a, I think that is the biggest like thing that I think people don't, I think we don't really have to like think about, right? So I think that was, and like, I can't remember how the conversation went, but it, but it was, it was very much of like, her telling me, like, well, I mean, again, like, that's not something you have to actually experience. It's not something you have to, like, really think about in, like, a in, like a real way. So, like, why should you have, like, you know, a say in this or, or even really an opinion? Um, right. And, like, I, I don't remember exactly how the rest of the conversation went, but that was, like, uh, that was, like, really, like, a turning point for me in, like, in, like, really figuring out, like, who am I? Who am I going to be? What type of person am I going to be? And also, like, even like on a more like like micro level, like how are, how are my opinions? How are things I'm thinking about, or, or rather, not thinking about, impacting my relationships, uh, and also broadly impacting like how I kind of exist in the world, right? Because I think one thing about one thing, especially I think being a man, um, and within the context of like black communities, a black man. Um, is that we, lots of us feel like 
as as long as we are not doing like overt harm to those not like us in our like interpersonal relationships, that means that we are like we're like we're a good guy that that we're you know that we are doing the work that we like have nothing to be concerned about, right? Um, which like on one hand, like sure that's cool, but also like you. Your like your reach and your influence and your, you know, impact is further than just the people that you see every day, right? Um, so I think you know. So not only is it important that you know that we, you know, obviously do the work within our lives and the people that we're interacting with, the people that we're close to, but also people that we don't know, people that we aren't, you know, the people the people that they don't have any sort of like material concern for right or like relation to right um like I, I think about you know during the pandemic um how it's actually i want to say around the same time of like the jekyll no name thing um where you know this you know i want to say i can't remember her name exactly but i want to say uh she uh was a black trans woman uh, who was attacked and, you know, and like several black men literally threw her in a dumpster like she was trash. Um, and yeah. And watch, and I, I, and I, you know, against my better judgment, I watched the video of it. And the fact that there was a, there was a video at all says a whole lot. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like the fact that like several, like it, I want to say it was, more than more than 10 black men collectively like attacked her and threw her in, in, in that dumpster and and then then in addition to, to that there were lots of other black men in the vicinity in the area who did nothing right and like and i use that to make a point of like you know like you could you know you could be the you know the most um you know evolved you know, the most like liberatory you know black man to those that you love and care about but if you stand by and watch other black men do harm to those that you don't know that they don't that you don't have any sort of like like connection to or benefit you know with that that like you're still just as trash right and I, and I think and I think that's something that like that like is and I mean, getting us past that—that's a—that's a really hard thing. Um, yeah. And and like I know that like, yeah. And I like I know that I've been I've been you know rambling for a minute, but this this reminds me of no no no. You you've been giving us that goodness. Like I'm I'm about to get the offering plate and like pass it around because like the this sermon plate. has just been be- has okay, just been okay, beautiful. Okay, that's how you know that we are like. Two extremely black southern men. He just like niggas talking about the offering plate. Like, all right, okay. I was like, let me go ahead and get it, pass it around. Let me make sure we get we collecting it and then get ready for devotion, and we just gonna be good. Wait, 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 wait. Are we doing communion? You know it. You know, it. Let, let's go ahead and like stand <laughs> hand in hand and just be ready. But, but yeah, like I think about. Um, so for the folks that don't know, uh, me and Sean lived together and went to grad school in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, 
And one thing that I, that I think of that this, this, this part of the conversation reminds me of is about how, um, you know, amid the George Floyd and Brian Taylor protests last summer, um, a, a young black woman uh, in Tallahassee was killed. Um, uh, her name was uh, uh, Alawatoyan Salau. Um, she was 19, um, which is is absolutely terrible. Um, you know, and obviously you just not not to say that like someone older, you know, dying isn't a tragedy, but like someone dying that young who whose death didn't have to happen um, was just it, it was a lot. Um, and especially for that to happen in the city that we lived in. Um, and then also for that to happen, uh, took for context, she, you know, she spent, you know, the last weeks of her life protesting the killing of George Floyd. Um, and, you know, not to, you know, beat this point, you know, into anyone's head again, but I mean, it needs to be said, um, you know, when a black man is killed, uh, by police, by the state, by vigilante, whoever. Um, it's always black non-men that are the ones that are always on the front lines fighting for our for our freedom, for our justice, for for our lives, right? And the way that that the way that not only just her death in general, which did not absolutely did not have to happen, um, and could have obviously been avoided. Um, the way that that is how she spent her last days. Um, and then how, and the way that like niggas absolutely showed their ass on Twitter after her death, it, it like that, like that was a moment where I was like, yo, I don't, I don't know if like, I, I don't know if we can get there. Like, I, I, I don't know if it's possible for us to really, really like, be better as a whole, right? Um, because like you had, so what, what in addition? In addition to just like niggas not caring about her death, you you had niggas basically saying absolutely worst shit in the world. Like, uh, like I saw several you know black men being like you know uh, because also let me let me backtrack a little bit. So you know. People, you know, obviously, you know, you know, talk about her death on Twitter and about how, about how, again, how, you know, black women are all are consistently being killed, and it's like when that happens, no one really cares, right? Um, and you had niggas saying that, like, you know, basically saying in essence that we have bigger concerns than like the gender wars, and it's like a black woman's death. It's not. It's not gender wars. You know. You know. It's not like the like, the, you know, like the same old like you know like bullshit Twitter arguments between like black men and black women. Like that's like that's that's the furthest thing from what it is. Um, and I can't remember exactly if this was like part of like of that discourse, but there were lots of low lots of of uh, of black men that were basically like, basically saying. Uh, asking, asking black women, 
um, basically to like negotiate their protection, right? Right. Like basically saying like, uh, if you do X, Y, and Z for me, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll protect you. And it's just like, is that where we are? Like, like, is it like, is that like, it, like, is that really what it is? Like, is that really like, right? The like, is is like, is is that the conversation? Right. No, I did. I one hundred percent like vibe with that because like, I remember similar to you, um, different topic, but like having to be like, someone having to get me together of like. Like there ha- there doesn't have to be like this convergence to be able to like give a shit, right? Especially about black women, black trans folk. And I felt like I was there for so long of just like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I care about black women, I care about like black people and stuff like that. And but it like when important things would happen, I would never say anything because I was just like, oh no, no, like look, they're fine. They're like people got it. And I had a friend of mine in college just be like Cause I mentioned, I was like, oh yeah. Like I would never like let someone say that to like my, my friend, my sister, or like my mom. Like, like, how can you tell me I don't love black women? And she was like, oh, so they have to be connected to you in some way for you to care about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, shit, let me get my shit together. <laughs> yeah, that's But no, no. There's something that I've, you know, like I've said before too, right? Like I'm thinking about like, that's not. And the, the way that, like, so many of us, like, pat ourselves on the back for saying that, and they were good. And it's like, no, we're, like, we're not good. Like, like that's, like, that's, like, that's, that's not even the bare minimum. Like, that's, like, I, I don't even know what to call that, right? Right. Just wild. We just be out here wild, and we need to, we need to do better. But, all right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold you on too too long, Cam. Like I said, you gave us a lot of good things to think about. I'm passing around the offering plate. We're just gonna chew on these good nuggets. Um, but before we get you out of here, uh I have like a one segment that I like to include at the end of the of the podcast, which is like uh what's in your queue. And so basically what it is like books, movies, documentary, things that you're watching or like you got your experience and you got going on that you like want to recommend to the people Ooh, or wow. like hmm. my guy like cam also has like a podcast and and you I know do, like you like go uh, connect with my guy on social media so i'm gonna let him i'm gonna let him talk his shit basically <laughs> oh ooh, okay um hmm, where do i start Look, let's start with books um so i'm reading a million and one books right now um it's kind of a problem uh but uh, I, I can't necessarily speak to the new books I've gotten that I haven't read yet. Um, but I, I, like I said earlier, I've read eight books this year already. Um, so let me see if I can recommend any of those that I think like are really good to read. Um, oh, this is a, this is very much very very much um, a good recommendation. Um, so this book is a, is a bit, a bit older. Uh, it was actually published in the the seventies, like I think it was in nineteen seventy, nineteen seventy one. Uh, but I think it's a really good place to start for lots of black men who like want to think through some of these things. Um, I also have a lot more like more recent recommendations, uh, but like this is what I, I'm reading right now. Um, it's called uh, "The Black Woman: An Anthology." Um, it's it's a collection of poems, short stories. 
um, like nonfiction essays, um, just things across the board uh, about uh, just like the experience of like, you know, like being black women, uh, like some of the concerns that were like very much relevant in the 60s and 70s, uh, which lots of things that are obviously still relevant today, um, you know, features a lot of like, you know, now famous names, uh, like Alice Walker has some stuff in it, Audre Lord, whose birthday was yesterday, uh, R.I.P. Um, uh, a couple, a couple other like very much like well-known names um, that I think really are kind of like you know were like some of the most important voices um, you know in like the late twentieth century and also still today. Um, yesterday was also Toni Morrison's birthday as well, um, and I'm also like drinking out of my Toni Morrison mug, um, which I got <laughs> as a Brad gift. Uh, shout out to Kenyon DeMorris. Um, so I, I need to recommend something by, by her as well. Um, the most recent thing I read by her was a book called Sula. It's a quick novel. Uh, basically talks about the, you know, the past of two, two black women growing up in the early 20th century and kind of about how like their, their choices as teenagers kind of, you know, tried their path. Uh, it's a fiction novel. Um, real, real quick read would definitely recommend. Um, I, can I think of like documentaries or like, you know, like movies that I would definitely recommend right now. Um, but yeah. Um, if you want to like, you know, hit me up, talk to me. Uh, my Twitter is Cam Stizzy, C-A-M-S-T-I-Z-Z-Y, the number two. Uh, IG is the same without the number, just Cam Stizzy. Um, what else? What else? Uh, I do have a podcast as well. Um, it's called Virgo to Virgo. Virgo, the number two Virgo. Uh, it's me and like my lifelong best friend of literally 20 years, uh, TJ. Uh, we're both, both Virgos. We are born literally a day apart. Uh, and we talk about, you know, anything that relates to Black people, really. Like, you know, like music, politics, pop culture. Um, our last episode talked about the insurrection at the Capitol. Um, we're on, you know, all platforms. Uh, we have like three or four episodes out right now. So check that out. Um, I also have a blog, uh, which I would obviously definitely recommend. Uh, I think Deshaun would as well. Um, it is called... It's pretty dope, people. It's pretty dope. <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, it is called uh, People, Politics, and Poetry. Um people because everything I write is about people in some way uh politics because everything relates to politics uh both capital p and lowercase p politics um and poetry because uh poetry is part of writing that i don't do as much as i used to but it's something that i think also like save my writing life and save my actual life um so yeah uh hit like check that out uh uh, I have an Instagram for that. It's just People Politics Poetry, and the website is peoplepoliticspoetry.com, all together. Um, yeah, that's all I really got. You know, I, I do a lot of do a lot of shit. So <laughs> there's that. Hey, some gems. I'm I'm over here writing them down just to make sure I can hold on to them. Uh, only recommendations I have this week, folks. Um, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, hip hop uncovered. Uh, now streaming on Hulu to for those people that 
if you listen to hip hop, you love hip hop, you're all about the culture of hip hop. Um, it's a good insight into exactly what hip hop is about. And one thing that I've really been enjoying, I'm a very good podcaster, even though I have my own, um, is Broken Record with Macklin Gladwell and Rick Rubin, where they interview some of pretty Ooh. big stars just across across the music yeah. spectrum. Um, and it's it, it's just pretty good. I highly recommend it. Uh, oh, wait, so, have, yeah. you the, have, have you seen the um, the episode with Andre 3000? Well, heard it rather. I have not, I have not watch, watched it yet, but I'm going to. Oh, it's so good, so so good. Because you know, you know, Andre just be hiding. He don't he, he don't be coming outside all the time. So like that's so, true. <laughs> so yeah, like it's super dope. Uh, you you hear Andre in a way that you can you know, I, I would say really haven't ever. So yeah, mm. I would I would recommend that as well. Pretty dope. All right, Cam, I'm going to let you get out of here. Brother, thank you so much for stopping by for the podcast. Of course. Of course. I'm glad to be here. You know, I had I, you know, I had to get you on. You're my boy. You're my brother. I, you know, I, I love it anytime we get to chop it up. And obviously, this is not going to be the only time you're on the podcast because you're, you got to come Word. back. Okay, bet. <laughs> Just let me know. <laughs> all right. All right. And we out. What's up, people? You probably didn't expect me to keep talking and you thought the interview was over. Well, it is. I'm creeping up on you like a Marvel Cinematic Extra post credit scene. JK. Um, this is just a reminder. Just enjoy. I hope everyone enjoyed the podcast, but also just for me, an opportunity to get out there and just make sure I'm like putting my folks on, putting some people on. So one of the things I definitely want to talk about is... Uh, Make sure you're taking care of yourself, taking care of your mental health, and taking care of like exactly what you need right now. This is not a sponsored ad. I'm not getting paid for it. This is more so a recommendation and highly favorable suggestion. Um, I highly recommend Talkspace um, as a physical therapy or, sorry, as a mental health therapy app. It's really great in terms of being able to have constant connection with a therapist anytime you need it and just be able to talk to them. So I highly, highly recommend that platform. And then for my folks of color specifically, um, if you feel like you just want someone to relate to you into in the mental health space, I highly recommend Ion Therapy. It's spelled A-Y-A-N-N-A, uh, Ion Therapy. They have a really great website and a lot of their therapists pretty much all um, come from, not only teach from and do mental health from a cultural competency sort of model. All of them are in fact people of color and that's what they're in that business and that profession to do so in a time of physical social distancing make sure you're taking care of yourself check out ayana and talkspace and keep your mind healthy folks all right we out